McDonald's chicken isn't just any chicken. It's chicken worth crossing the road for. It's tender, it's juicy, and now it's just $2. That's right. Now you can order six pieces of classic chicken McNuggets made with all white meat for just $2. And if you can't believe this amazing deal, add any size soft drink to your order for just a dollar more. Yep, your meal just got even better. Thanks to McDonald's one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. A la carte only. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Blog Talk Radio. Thank you for tuning in and welcome to another epic edition of the Jerry Jones Show. Hosted by Jerry Jones, along with his sidekick, Kevin Anderson. Each and every episode is guaranteed to increase your profits and decrease your stress in dentistry. Welcome to the show. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us today. Jerry Jones here with Kevin Anderson. And um, today it's going to be a damn good show. Um, Whoops, I'm going to have to change the rating already. Jeez, I didn't even make it in like 30 seconds. Bravo. Oh, well. uh, Got to change it to PG-13, I think, now. So, um, well, we'll keep it at that level or below. Uh, Kevin, how are you doing today, man? I am good. You? Sunshine? Great day. Yeah, we do have some sunshine. We got a break from our eight and a half inches of rain for the month of October. So um, <laughs> we're starting the month off right here with uh, without any rain today. So that's all good. Um. Kev, what are we talking about today? This is episode number 14. Uh, we are talking about um, what you need to take into consideration before you go to public to offer new clinical procedures or um, new uh, uh, tech purchases. So basically, we're going to talk about um, what a doctor should do before they buy some expensive technology or really any technology in their office and uh, some questions to ask themselves uh, so that they're not just, what, going out and wasting money and then stressing out about a payment every month, right? You can't just, you mean you can't just uh, go out and buy something because it's on sale and it looks pretty? No, uh, neither, neither should you buy it because it's on sale, nor, nor should you buy it uh, just because you can. Um, you know, Kev, the 20 plus years I've been doing this, uh, I bet you I've had the conversation no less than 100 times, probably far more. Um, with doctors who've gone ahead and purchased new technology and it sits in their office and they stress out about it because every single month they're writing a check for a lease payment or for a loan payment because very few go and pay cash for these items when they buy them. I think if they did pay cash up front, I think that may help. Um, but today we're going to talk about a plan that really should help, uh, help them get the most out of their tech investments. Um, by really asking some questions. Um, so yeah, let's, uh, let's dive into this today and, and get going on. Um, before we do, Kev, um, we had a great event last week. We were in, uh, not this last weekend, but the weekend before we were out in uh, New Jersey. We had a great time out there. Good folks. We yep. met a lot of great people. Dr. Alan Rosberg, uh, the, the uh, current president of the American Academy of Dental Practice, the AADPA, which is at aadpa.org, by the way. Um, Dr. Rashberg was a phenomenal host, welcomed us into his home and threw a great, uh, uh, great party and a wonderful dinner. Um, so it was, it was great to see him and, and Lori, his office manager, and, and meet some of their team there at, at Rashberg Dental in Parsippany, New Jersey. So, yeah, we had a lot of fun. And then when the next day we did, a, we did our own event the next day, uh, the New Patient Extravaganza, which was um, very well attended. And um, we welcomed a number of new members uh, from that event. Um, 
So hot dog, man. We had a good we had a good two days out there in Jersey. Not to mention we did one cool thing outside of work, didn't we? Yes, we did. We, we actually uh, went in, we went into downtown and um, found a great little bar. Uh, went into downtown New York City, right next to um, uh, one one World, World Trade Trade Center. Yep. Yep. And uh, grabbed a beer and, um, and enjoyed chatting with some Irish gents uh, in the bar there for a little bit and. Then fought the traffic at midnight all the way home, which is bizarre to me that a city could be so busy at midnight. But, yeah, I can't uh, yeah, imagine what rush hour would look like. Oh man, I I I don't know how they do it, Kev. I don't because last night I got caught in, in the five o'clock rush hour here in Salem. I was at a, a doctor's appointment, was headed back home, and it literally took me a half an hour to get home. And I was, I mean, I was just hot. <laughs> until I thought to myself, wait a second, I'd just be getting out of the parking garage in New York. So, yeah, that's the truth. The truth. <laughs> so not a big deal. Um, a quick shout out to uh, all those folks who um, lost a loved one or a colleague or a friend uh, there at, at World Trade um, back on 9-11. So I know we're a little late to, to, uh, to be thinking about 9-11, but uh, I don't think there's ever an inappropriate time to be thinking about it. So it was quite an experience to go down there and, and see what they've done with the area um, and the tribute that they've, that they've made uh, to those who lost their lives. So yeah, kind of a solemn moment here on the Jerry Jones radio show, but um, certainly a deserved one. So, well, Kev, you ready to get started, man? Absolutely. Um, why don't we uh, mention our sponsor for the day? Uh, so we are um, giving props to easy dental patients.com today easy dentalpatients.com is our sponsor for the day i hear there are good people there at uh, at that website <laughs> <laughs> funny how that works it is um well thanks thanks special thanks to them uh now i guess we ought to also mention if if we have guests that want to call in um if you're listening live and you want to call in uh we'll we'll take your call immediately answer your question and we promise not to uh, beat you up too bad um, as long as you don't beat us up too bad. Phone number to call in, 323-870-3489. Again, it's 323-870-3489. All right, dude, let's get to it. What do we got? We're going to start with some questions. Maybe we'll get through four or five of these, maybe six of them, I hope. All righty, so I've got your first one for you. Um, so first question that you probably ask is, is there an existing need and market for what you're proposing? Yeah, so, I mean, this essentially is, you know, you have to ask a question of yourself before, let's, let's, let's frame this in, okay, you're at a dental show, you're at a dental meeting, and boy, that E4D or that steric machine or that beautiful new, you know, laser uh, is just staring at you and, and you want it bad, and you've heard the sales pitch three dozen times, um, the problem is it's almost six figures. I mean, we're looking at a hundred thousand dollar investment. Um, you know, maybe it's only 80,000, maybe it's only 20,000. Um, it doesn't really matter how much the investment is. I think this process would be the same for everybody. So you really need to ask yourself. The first question is, is there an existing need in my practice and a market for what I'm about to purchase? So, for example, if you're going to buy a laser and, you know, your research shows that um, perhaps you're buying a laser, let's say you're going to pick up a periolase. And the whole point there is to treat um, periodontal, patient, periodontal disease patients and, um, and, and make life better for them and more profitable for you. Um, 
the challenge becomes, well, what if you have a terrible uh, soft tissue management program now in your, in your practice? What, what if less than 10% or 15% of your patients are undergoing periotherapy now? Why is a machine or a gadget going to change that? Or how is it going to change that? So is there an existing need? I mean, maybe your patients are extra healthy. Maybe you're just not diagnosing. Um, but how will you create the market if there isn't a need? So it's not like just because the equipment's there, you go buy it, and, and a marketplace for the service will appear. You have to be able to identify um, the who, uh, how well, um, you know, how well you're, you're able to sell treatment now to that group, um, and, and is this really truly a game changer for your practice based on, on what it can do? Um, and, and the outcomes that, that the sales guys are promising you. I mean, most people really, frankly, Kev, they do this all backwards. So it's like, it's like the idiot that opens up a restaurant. And when there's 900 other restaurants that are suffering and not doing well, and he decides, hey, it's been my dream, I'm going to open a restaurant. Well, if you don't have a starving crowd, a restaurant is a terrible idea. And I see, you know, we see this all the time. Uh, you know, in, in every city, in every state, in every, you know, every area, it seems like, some moron will open up a business where there is absolutely no need for the business. So they haven't done any marketing research, market research before the need. It would be like opening a new dental office where there are already one dentist for every 500 people. Opening a dental office in that situation is not advisable. So there's no market necessarily for more dentists. So you got to do this on a micro scale. Is there a need in a market for what we're going to purchase and put in play? Um, and if there isn't a need or a market, obviously decision is very simple. Yeah, definitely yeah, it is. definitely is. So, so um, next, next step, um, are you having challenges selling basic dentistry or advanced dentistry like ortho implants, um, uh, cosmetics, et cetera? Because if so, should you uh, consider increasing your training on selling first would that be would that be advisable or again are we jumping into something prematurely well i've got the perfect example here um i won't mention his name but you and i recently met him his practice is full of every gadget he has taken all the ce for all the gadgets and there probably isn't a procedure known to any dentist anywhere that he does not or cannot do. However, he does not have a rear end in his chair to do the dentistry on, and he's struggling. Um, I mean, you know, he's, he's, he is unfortunately a very common stereotypical dentist um, because I've got all the training. I'm an incredible dentist. I've got all the latest technology. My office is gorgeous, but I'm hemorrhaging like, you know, a stuck pig, and, and it's ugly. Well, this is a typical poorly, um, poorly created practice scenario. And unfortunately, Kev, he doesn't have anybody to blame except himself. Um, you can't blame the sales guy. He doesn't sign your name to the sales order on all that equipment. So um, he has a challenge right now, not only marketing for new patients, but when he gets a body in the door, his ability to sell the patient on a procedure of any kind, basic or advanced, is challenged. So um, we've got another client we're working with right now, too, uh, on sales. And for folks who can't sell simple crown 
uh, SRPs, they can't sell a filling. Um, on occasion, they might get lucky and sell an implant. But if you're having problems selling and you think technology and investing in technology is going to fix it, I got news for you, Bob. Ain't happening. About the only technology I'd be excited to hear you go and purchase would be an intraoral camera. Um, I mean, that's it. I mean, if you can't sell basic dentistry, getting better clinically isn't going to fix it. So, I mean, we got to go and get some sales training first. Um, so, I mean, kind of to me, that's kind of a no-brainer. If, if I'm having challenges selling basic dentistry or even implants or ortho, I shouldn't be going out and investing new technology until I fix my sales problem. And here's the great part. You fix your sales problem, you fix your marketing problem, whichever those, whichever challenge might be yours right now then you have the opportunity to go and pay cash for gadget. You don't have to go and leverage yourself and go into debt and guarantee something that you shouldn't be personally guaranteeing. You know, we had a, another uh, interesting question brought to us. We were in front of a group there in, in New Jersey and a dentist asked, Hey, you know, I don't like shoppers. Um, I don't want a person who's from a free exam in my chair. And, you know, and that's a valid thought until somebody who's a smart ass. Well, there we go with our PG 13. Yeah. When you have a smart ass like me who will say, doctor, would you rather have a rear end in your chair, a butt in the op, so to speak, or nobody? Can you sell dentistry to an empty chair? No. So if you have empty chairs, fill the chairs with whatever kind of patient you can fill it with. As you build up your income and you build up your, your patient base, you can get then more picky about the types of patients you attract. But if you're desperate, as many dentists are at a to attract new patients, don't be picky. Don't be picky. So anyway, my rant on selling the market. <laughs> Who we got number three, Kev? Number three. Uh, question is, is someone else successfully using it now? How are they using it? And can you adapt their ways or improve upon them? Um, that's, a, that's a good question. Um, look, it kind of boils down to if someone is doing it successfully now, replication is far easier. Um, it, it's sort of like our franchise. You know, I mean, we're, we're making incredible strides in my office, uh, and I'm not a dentist. And we've got, uh, I've got a partner who has blown up his 26 ops uh, in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, um, I mean, you know, it's a blueprint we're following. We know what to do. Uh, we know how to grow. Uh, if someone else is doing it successfully, you can simply through many times observation, um, accurate observation and complete observation, not on the surface. You have to dive deep. Uh, you can replicate what they're doing. So if you know someone who has 28 offices, there's a blueprint. I mean, go and spend some time, ask questions, watch what they're doing, see how they're expanding, see where they're expanding to how they're attracting staff, how they're attracting providers. Um, there is a blueprint. So if it's been done, likely you can do it again. Um, the, the challenge that many dentists run into when looking at technology, for example, is, you know, they'll, they'll hear from a salesman, well, this guy's doing, you know, $80,000 a month with this laser. Well, then that becomes the number that sort of sticks in the head of the dentist buying the laser thinking, well, I can do 80. And if I'm doing 80, this is a no brainer. I'll have the thing paid for in two months. Well, the challenge with that is we don't know how long it took the guy to get there. And we don't know what his practice, <clears throat> what else is going on in his practice. This guy may really be doing predominantly perio um, 
and, and just a little bit of bread and butter dentistry. So he's spending a lot of time on periodontal, very little on uh, crowns and bridge and dentures and implants or an ortho. So it, it pays to know the full story. So you kind of got to dig deep and make sure that that story, you really understand the full, the full um, picture and then take a look at what they're doing and, and see if you can figure out a way to adapt it or improve it. If you can, there we go. That's a good answer and a good sign. If you can look at a process or a procedure or a system that somebody's using and you can point out three or four um, ways to improve it and you can adapt them, I mean, that's kind of a home run. Um, but if others, you know, are struggling or it's hard to find somebody who's doing well um, with what you're attempting to purchase, um, you know, that's, that's sort of one of those things you want to really think about before you dive in. Um, you may or may not be different than the others, and it may not be a risk you want to take. I don't know. Um, so that's, I mean, that's kind of where I, you know, what, if I were looking at, for example, having a new printing press, which I, I'm not, thank goodness I don't have a printing press. <laughs> um, you know, if I was Ben Franklin thinking about a new printing press, uh, I'm going to look for what others are doing to be successful with the printing press before I go and spend the money. And I'm going to ask a lot of questions. And I'm going to do some research. I'm going to make some site visits. I'm going to go and watch, listen, and really get a better understanding. Um, but it's amazing to me, Kev, a dentist will go to a show and make a purchase of a hundred grand or 80 grand or 50 grand or 20 grand. And they won't ask any questions or ask to go into someone else's office where this is supposedly happening and, and learning about it before they make that purchase. I, I mean, I don't get it. I, there are a lot of uh, E4Ds and Cerec machines that are wonderful coat hangers. It's a lot like that machine I've got in my in my garage that purportedly helps me walk. Which I, I, haven't been say, I have a I have a treadmill like that too. <laughs> <laughs> I've got an entire like a rubber band gym in my garage too that never gets used. So you know, I mean, kind of what about. you're alluding to. What you're alluding to is uh, don't reinvent the wheel. We heard that before. Mm-hmm. Find out what's working and replicate. You don't so get assuming, your style. <laughs> right. So assuming you make that decision and uh, you're now closer to these things are starting to make sense and uh, uh, you're getting closer, um, how are you going to market it to your patients would be the next question. You know, what – what benefit, uh, emotional benefit, can you identify that they already, they're already looking for? So this is a good place to do some market research. Um, many times, companies that are selling these expensive machines, uh, the Periolase may be not a good example because of the training that's required, but um, oftentimes, you know, for example, you might be able to get Henry Schein to drop an E4D machine in your practice and use it for a month. Um, before you make that decision. I know at our office, um, Tim Grins, our, our supply guy at Summit Dental Equipment here in Salem, he'll let us try hand pieces, uh, implant systems, all kinds of crap before we actually purchase it. So we're trying before we're buying. Now, here's the other cool thing. Not only do you get to try it in your practice, but you also have the opportunity in that short period of time to do some marketing to your existing patients to see if it's a worthy purchase. Because I got to tell you, if you're current, if you can't get your current patients interested in it, because they already know, like, and trust you, if you can't get your current patients interested in a new procedure or new technology, how in the world do you think you're going to get people who don't know you, who don't trust you, and who are not interested in dentistry to 
be interested in it or to respond to your marketing. I mean, it's kind of a cart before the horse deal, eh? Absolutely. You know, start with the easy ones. Yeah. I mean, you know, you got to, so in this case, I'll give you an example. So um, most offices that I know that have adapted, a, for example, the Periolate, um, if they're buying it through the right sales guy, the sales guys tell them, look, don't worry about promoting this to non-patients right now. Let's just focus on current patients. Let's get a mailing out the door and let's focus on patients who know, like, and trust you and who can, you know, actually make a buying decision as opposed to patients who don't know you who are not interested in making a buying decision. So right then and there, you know, we get an opportunity to evaluate how great the, the technology is, how good are we at selling it to current patients, and what's the conversion rate? So if we're not converting, you know, where we should be, if we're converting 50%, we should be at 80 or 90% conversion from interest to sale, you know, uh, to, you know, from interest in the procedure to someone buying the procedure. If our sales ratios suck, again, we got to reconsider what we're doing. Um, and, and it may not be the right technology for you at the right time. It may be that it's technology you should adapt later. Um, I mean, just, Looking at SARAC machine, well, and we'll get into some of these other issues with with machines and technology that requires a high level of training. There's a whole nother can of worms there to open up. So, um, you know, when you when you decide that this is a technology you want, you have to have a marketing plan to existing patients, and that's really got to be the very first thing, and it's got to be done very well, uh, and then. Hopefully it works and you get to roll it out to non-patients to attract them as prospective patients. So, um, you know, that's done through the internet. It's done through, uh, you know, web-based marketing. It's done digital marketing. It's um, offline marketing, postcards, direct mail, um, newspaper ads, freestanding inserts, um, you know, presentations in your office, that sort of thing. So there's a lot of different, you know, a lot of different ways you can do that. But I mean, at, at the end of the day, um, if you can't get your existing patients to bite and to take advantage of the technology, you're kind of screwed and you've made too late. You've made a bad buying decision. Gotcha. Gotcha. So um, next on the list, next on the list, we are looking at the team now. So you as the doc, uh, um, have done some evaluation and made some planning and things are starting to make sense. It, does it all land on the doc's shoulders or do, do we need to evaluate whether or not the team's capable of taking on this task? Well, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, you have to have, you have to have the support of your team. If they're not enrolled in, in the benefits and the value uh, that this new technology or procedures that you want to do can bring to your patients. Good luck. I mean, um, that's pushing water uphill. So uh, ideally, if you're considering a purchase of technology or adding a new procedure or something like that to your practice, you, you really, frankly, need to get, get your team enrolled and behind the idea if you want it to be successful. Um, you can ask any dentist, you know, how, <laughs> when they don't have a team behind them, uh, how difficult it is to get things done. When you have a team behind you, who understand the technology or the new procedure or um, who are excited and see the value in the new technology or the new procedure, it becomes far easier uh, to affect those changes in your practice and to adapt new technology or new procedures. I mean, it, 
without a team behind you and pushing, um, it's tough. And part of that means that not just you, but your team as well needs to be able to explain in layman's terms, fifth, sixth grade level English, what the benefits are and what sort of um, challenges the technology or procedure overcomes and what the outcome ideally looks like. Um, and that's, that's huge, Kev. They, if they can't clearly define and share uh, on a fifth to sixth grade level of understanding what the benefits are, then again, it's, you're pushing water uphill. Uh, and you will not be nearly as effective at selling the benefit or that treatment, if you will, um, using that technology or that new procedure as you would be otherwise. So take the, doc take the example of the doctor that purchases a periolase, doesn't enroll as hygienist in that buying decision to understand why they're doing it. Well, how's that going to go? It ain't going to go very well. And that's probably a, probably one of the tougher, um, tougher conversations a dentist is going to have to have as they went and purchased the equipment after, and after the fact, they try to enroll their hygienist in, in, the, in, in what's going to happen. So, I mean, the hygienist looks at that and goes, well, you're taking production away from me. Um, and there are ways to handle that and get them to support it versus fight it. And so oftentimes, you know, if you don't, if you don't take those steps, those early steps and getting your team behind you, you're going to be struggling the whole time and it's going to get ugly and that new technology or those procedures that you've gone, you know, to CE to learn uh, are going to be challenging for you to take advantage of. I mean, the ROI just will, it may come, but it's going to come far more difficult than it should. Funny, isn't that, isn't it funny how that brings us right back to uh, training on selling again, kind of? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, you look at the, the successful practices that, Kevin, that I'm, that I'm aware of and that, I, that we work with here at Jerry Jones Direct, um, they've got great teams that know how to sell. And they have a leader who is not uh, in his own way. Uh, and there is a leader, by the way, a, a dentist who's not in, in his, own, his or her own way. Uh, and they rely heavily on the team to, to you know, um, to not just communicate with patients the value of the dentistry, but to also communicate to patients the value of referring friends and family um, and, you know, and that sort of thing. So, um, look, I mean, it's hard to practice. You can't practice alone in 2016. You know, you just can't. You have to have a group of people that are behind you and, uh, and are, are bought in, if you will, to what you're trying to accomplish with your practice. Um, and if you don't, yeah, it's a struggle. I mean, so the doctor themselves must be selling what they're selling to their staff first, their team, their employees first, patients second. So if you can't get your team bought into what you're trying to accomplish, good luck trying to get a patient. It's damn near impossible. So looking at the clock, we've got uh, some time left here. And uh, you touched on this a little bit up front, um, but why don't you uh, answer this question and, and explain this a little bit more about how – uh, you know, does the outlay of cash or incurring of debt justify the expense? And if so, how? Well, this is, this is the part where a lot of doctors start to get, they'll, they'll use funny math um, to justify their expense. Um, most purchases have our emotional purchases. I mean, and that goes for dentists buying gadgets or continuing education courses or whatever it might be. They're emotional purchases. They're not necessarily logical ones. 
Um, and that's, that's just reality. Patients make emotional decisions to move forward with treatment um, as much as they may employ the use of logic. Um, and uh, <laughs> it's just, that's just the way, that's just the way selling go, goes. Um, look, I mean, when you are looking at outlaying cash or going into debt to purchase something, um, you really have to look at the ROI. You have to dive deep into the numbers. Um, so if you're looking at, for example, periolase and you're going to blow 100 grand, um, you need to think of it in terms of how many months or how many years is it going to take for me to get my investment back. So if you go, if you, you know, if you finance it for 100 grand, you're probably going to be paying 120, 130 thousand dollars for this technology by the time it's all said and done and paid for. Um, so how long is it going to take you to generate 120 thousand dollars in billable procedures? And then not only how long will it take you to do that, how long will it take you to double that? Because you have overhead, right? So, I mean, even if you build out in the first year 120 grand, you're thinking, oh, I paid for my equipment. No, actually you haven't. You paid for half of it. <laughs> because if you're running at 50% overhead, you can only take half of the income from that and throw it at, at the payment, right? Or at, at the debt. So it may take you two years. So is two years of working for free, basically, with this piece of equipment worth it? I mean, it, does it bring enough value to you and your patients to justify the expense? Um, you know, you need to figure out how many, you know, how many treatment plans do I need to present based on my current, current close ratio of 80% and, and a procedure cost of $3,000. How many of those do I need to present, you know, in a, in a, in a year period of time to generate a one-to-one -one return or a two-to-one return on your investment? I mean, I'd be, if I'm going to spend a hundred grand, man, I want that money back this year. I don't want to wait two, three, four, five years to get my money back. Um, by that time, the technology is also, uh, I hate to tell you this, but the tech is, is outdated in, in three or four years. Um, still useful, but, but outdated. So um, that's the other issue. You know, you got to dig deep into the numbers to see what exactly it's going to take for you. Not what the sales guy's telling you because the sales guy will say, Oh, you know, it's just, if you're billing out $3,000, you only need to do 33 of these and you'll have your, and you'll have your unit paid for bullshit. That isn't how it works. Do your math, <laughs> do your homework, do your, you know, you got to know your overhead. If you're at 70% and they're telling you it's going to take, you know, 33 procedures at $3,000 a piece to pay for the hundred thousand dollar piece of equipment. I mean, you got to go, hold on. How, do, how does that work with my 70% overhead? <laughs> so it's more now we're talking three years if you can only do 33 a year and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So there's, there's some number diving that we got to do. We got to crunch some numbers and make sure it makes sense. We can't just take the salesman's word for it, or we can't take, you know, what the literature tells us um, is our ROI. We got to dig deep. Every doctor office is different and we got to know those numbers. Um, so Kev, that's, I mean, that's where I'm at. That's what we look at when we, when we decide for my office, um, how, you know, how are we going to, Will this tech provide us a return on investment? What will, the, will we be able to sell it? Will our doctors get behind it? Will our team get behind it? If the answer is no on any of those things, there's no point in moving forward. Conversation's over. So it takes a plan. It takes a it takes a <clears throat> strenuous plan, um, a lot of research, and uh, and then uh, knowing how you're going to market it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, look, I think we're probably, Kev, I, um, we've got time for one more question. So I know there's a couple there left. Um, I'll let you pick based on how you think this morning is going and, and that sort of thing. 
I know about that. Um, let's address, let's address this one because, uh, uh, it's usually, um, the biggest conversation we have with docs. Do you have all the patients you need? If not, how is it going to attract new patients? Is this the answer? Is it the Holy grail to getting new patients? Well, I mean, you know, if I'm struggling with new patients and my schedule's not full and I'm not, my phone's not ringing going out and attending another CE course that isn't required to keep my license, that isn't required to keep myself insured, um, is an excuse and a delay and a piss poor excuse and a stupid delay on the part of the doctor. I mean, if you, if you need new patients and that's what's keeping you from being successful in your mind, why are you doing anything but focusing on generating new patients? I mean, it's a pretty simple conversation. So if you don't have the new patients, you shouldn't be looking at adding new procedures. You shouldn't be looking at spending money on tech because it doesn't solve the new patient problem. Patients don't care what your CE courses, what CE courses you're taking. They don't care. They don't understand. They don't get it. They want to know, is it going to hurt? How much is it going to cost? And when can you do it? Um, and do I trust you? I mean, that's, that's what's on their mind. So think about what's what the questions are in the mind of your, of your prospective or your current patients and focus on those um, and, and skip the next CE course in lieu of generating new patients. I mean, that's, that's really what this boils down to. Once you get all the new patients you can handle and you're booked out and you feel good and you have seven, eight, nine, ten 10 different ways of attracting all the new patients you want every month, not one way because one way is bad, one is bad, but a multitude of ways to attract new patients. Then and only then should we be going out and looking at new technology and adding new procedures. Um, because in the meantime, a lot of these things just get in the way. Now, I, I know there are people going, yeah, but Jerry, if I'm not getting CE and I'm not recognizing, you know, um, case presentation opportunities for implants, for ortho, for this, for that. Again, I'm going to go right back to if you don't have all the new patients you need, why are you worried about all those procedures you don't know how to identify opportunities for? I mean, I know, I know a dentist who just retired, Kev. He spent his whole life doing bread and butter dentistry. He just walked away from a multiple, multiple million dollar a year practice and a million dollar a year income. He just sold it. He was, <laughs> and he did not do dentures. He did not do implants. He did not do ortho. Uh, I mean, he didn't do any difficult extractions. He focused on bread and butter dentistry and generating new patients. And I got to tell you, Kev, I mean, the guy walked away a wealthy man from dentistry. Um, there's a lot of ways to slice the pig, but unless you're focused on the right things, which is patient generation, patient retention, staff retention, employee retention, and, and doing the right thing for your patients. Some of these other distractions are just that. They will, they will get you off the mark, and they will cause you all sorts of financial heartache and grief, and you're still not closer to your goal of new patients. So, uh, if anything, this is sort of a kick in the pants and a redirect for a lot of folks listen, listening to today's radio show um, to get back on track and focus on what's important. Once you get all the new patients you want and can handle, then go look at all these other things. Pay cash. Don't go into debt. Don't lease. You know, uh, don't personally guarantee it um, and, and do, the, do it the right way. Um, delay that gratification. Don't be a millennial. <laughs> oh, I had to add that again. <laughs> uh, so easy to say when you're at, when, when when I'm a Gen Xer, Kev, just like you. Yep. So easy to, don't be a millennial. Um, anyway, yeah, Kev, that's that's my uh, that's it, man. That's what I got, and that's 
all we got time for today. Cool, cool. So, uh, folks out there, when you're ready, reach out to us here at Jerry Jones Direct. We'll help you get started. Uh, clearly, we've mentioned it before, but we offer a simple membership plan allowing you access to many of those systems we've developed at Jerry's office. You can find information at clearpathsociety.com. You literally can leverage the same systems Jerry's Wellness Springs Dental of Salem used to go from startup to now 13-plus-year-old office with four docs and thousands of patients. Um, or you can learn more about our comprehensive all-in, never-have-to-hire-another-consultant-again dental office franchise system, Wellness Springs Dental. Information can be found at wsdfranchise.com. There you have it. Thanks, Kev. Appreciate it. Thank you to everybody who's tuned in to our radio show today. You know, without you, we wouldn't have a show. So we appreciate you tuning in, and hopefully you picked up some gems today. Kev, thank you, sir. Appreciate you uh, uh, as my co-host. And um, everybody, have a great week. Thanks for tuning in to The Jerry Jones Show. If you just can't wait till the next episode, be sure to visit his website at jerryjonesdirect.com for more. Getting a tasty breakfast sandwich with a quality cup of coffee, that's a morning victory. Getting it served quick and at a great price, that's like a morning victory with a parade and a marching band. Get a sausage McMuffin for $1 and add any size hot drip coffee for just a dollar more on McDonald's one two three dollars menu. Hot and tasty, fast and easy. That's breakfast at McDonald's. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal.